everybody. This is Heidi St. John. How you doing? Welcome to Off the Bench. I am excited today to have a dear friend on the show with me. The founder and executive director of Answers in Genesis is here. And the last time he was here, we tore it up. Stick around. We're going to do it again. All right, you guys. So before I jump into today's topic, I want to let you know that we are just starting a brand new series at MomStrong International. We've got several thousand of you going through God's word with us, and you can find out about the newest study at MomStrongInternational.com. If you haven't joined, now is the time to do it. Also, you guys know that this is my speaking season, and I have shortened it quite a bit this year and taken only a few opportunities. One of them is coming right up. I'm going to be at the Ark Encounter, and I know a bunch of you guys are going to be there too because I'm hearing from you all the time. And I'm thrilled today to have Ken Ham back on the show with me. He is the guy behind the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter and the president and founder of Answers in Genesis. And I'm just so pleased to have him back again. Hey, my friend, welcome to the show. Hey, hi, Heidi. Uh, So it's great to be with you again. It's so good to have you. And uh, you you always have a better background than I do whenever I interview oh, you. There. Yep. Yeah. And my, yeah. Mine is live as well. You can see people moving around. and Yeah, it's fantastic. So you guys are uh, getting ready to start. I would imagine that it's heating up pretty fast over there, right? Because the season for vacations is coming up. You got a lot of people leaving Disney. And, oh, there's been uh, a lot of people tell us that because of what Disney is doing in their programming, they're just not going to support that anymore. And, you know, I've also had... I, since the COVID shutdowns, a lot of people have contacted us and said, you know, it just made us rethink our priorities and we realize that passing on a spiritual legacy is so important and we want to uh, impact our families with God's word and the mm. truth of the gospel. And we're finding record crowds actually coming to the Ark and the Creation Museum. In fact, so much so we're desperate for finding staff. And, you know, there's a labor store shortage across the nation as well. So I should advertise right here for you uh, should do it. Do for it. help. We do. We do. We we we're about three hundred seasonals short right now, but we employ six hundred to eight hundred seasonals uh, for the busy season, and we're coming up to the busy season. So great opportunity for high schoolers, for uh, you know college students, and so on to have a summer job at a Christian facility. Yeah, uh, yeah, right here in Northern Kentucky, which is now the Christian part of America, obviously, because we're <laughs> obviously. Here. <laughs> well, well, it's not I, Washington. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, you know, I mean, I'm doing everything I can here in Washington State uh-huh. uh, because we're the nation's in trouble. The nation is in trouble. Uh, you sent me a news article this morning. Uh, the headline in Fox News was saying that Biden is saying that students are like the teacher's children when they're in the classroom. How How alarming is this to you to hear Biden say this out loud? You know, basically what he's saying is the state owns your children, you know. Mm -hmm. And, of course, as Christians, we know God owns the children, but he entrusted them to us as parents, and it's parents who are responsible for their education. The state doesn't own them. In fact, when you, you know, read Scripture, obviously the role of the state from Scripture is to maintain law and order, uh, not to take your children and indoctrinate them in an anti-God agenda, which is what the government wants to do. And think about it. They're obsessed right now, absolutely obsessed with trying to teach little children to change their gender and uh, about LGBT and imposing that worldview upon them. I mean, it's, it's almost like that's the total focus of the government right now, that you know, rather than focusing on you know the economy or uh, looking at what's happening in regard to people and 
and nations around the world and so on, they're so obsessed with this LGBT worldview and they're trying to impose it everywhere. I, you know what it reminds me of? Romans 1. When I read Romans 1, that describes America right now. God has turned these people over that have rejected him, uh, turned them over to their depraved hearts and a sign that God is judging uh, from what I read in Romans 1 is the, uh, you know, the LGBT worldview. In other words, you know, things like, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the sexual issues that we're seeing today. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible what we're seeing. Men uh, chase after men and women after women are doing things which they shouldn't and so on. It's certainly, uh, we see this, um, this culture collapsing from a Christian perspective because we have generations of people and and leaders in this nation that have abandoned totally God's word. And once you abandon God's word, the absolute authority, ultimately anything goes, anything except the absolutes of Christianity. Because when anything goes, moral relativism, what they can't tolerate are those that say, here's what's right, here's what's wrong based on God's word. Therefore, the absolutes of Christianity have to go. And they accuse us of having hate speech because they're intolerant of the Christian worldview. And they're claiming we're intolerant of their worldview and you see that worldview clash. Yeah, it's true. And it, and it is confusing. And I think it's important for parents to know that even Christian children are being confused by this, right? So I was in the car. You know you know our youngest daughter, Sailor. Uh, I was in the car with her the other day, taking her to get a new pair of ballet shoes. And uh, she asked me if she could text her sister. Well, when she she took my phone and it, uh, uh, and she was scrolling through the text messages and she saw her sister had texted me an article about Netflix, right? Netflix has a new series up called He's Expecting. There's a picture of a what appears to be a man pregnant with a woman standing behind him, you know, or, or a man standing behind him. It is, it's so confusing. And I said, Sailor, she said, whoa, mom, well, I didn't know that men could have babies. And I said, Sailor, uh, do, do men or women have babies? And she was looking at the picture and looking at me and and she said, well, did he have a surgery? And I said, it doesn't matter if he had a surgery or not. If if that person is pregnant, is it a man or a woman? And it just, it's mess, you know, it, you could see that she was like, it, it. I said, see, it's a woman, sailor. He just looks like a man. So confusing. There's this, uh, you know, Google emojis and one that has a pregnant man. Yeah, I mean, insane. Uh, it, it's just ridiculous. And it's, it's anti-science. There was a, an article I saw in the news yesterday about this biology teacher that's transgender. Uh, that is teaching students, you know, supposedly the correct way to say things is that women don't produce eggs, ovaries produce eggs. Oh, and my not, goodness. And not all women produce eggs. So there's a study about this biology teacher that said this is how we should be teaching the students. And, I mean, a biology teacher, it, what he's teaching is anti-science. You know, mm-hmm. it's just imposing that worldview upon those those students, and you know, one of the things I found and uh, I've seen and experienced with the LGBTQ worldview, uh, the people who have that, uh, by and large, they don't want freedom for their views. They want total acceptance and compliance, mm-hmm. uh, and that's exactly what the government wants. Uh, government leaders right now, they want you to totally accept and comply with uh, the transgender uh, issues and so on. And it's, it's just so sad to see what's happening. And, and parents need to be aware of what's going on here because, you know, a, a lot of people don't understand, Heidi, I find they, they look at the public school system and think it's secular, therefore it's neutral. But secular is not neutral. 
No. You know, the Bible teaches you are the four Christ against. You walk in light or darkness. You build your house on the sand or you build your house on the rock. There is no, there is no neutral position. But if, if you think about what's happened in America, I mean, many of the founding fathers, not all, but many of them were Christian, but regardless, their worldview really came out of the Bible uh, and, and the Judeo-Christian ethic permeated the culture. And That's it right. even permeated uh, the education system. But what's happened is now they've ripped that Judeo-Christian ethic out. And we've had generations of kids that have been indoctrinated to believe the Bible can't be trusted, man determines truth. If you look at secular education, the whole emphasis is you you can understand everything by natural processes. Naturalism is atheism. And so we've got generations of these kids uh, being indoctrinated in a secular worldview based on man's word. And sadly, many of them are coming uh, those that are left in the church are coming to our churches and many of our pastors and Christian leaders are saying, yeah, you can believe what you taught at school and don't worry about it. Just trust in Jesus, Johnny. Mm. And we wonder why there's problems because we have so many of our Christian leaders that have compromised God's word in Genesis. And Genesis 1 to 11 actually is the foundation for everything, for all morality, for everything. If you're not raising up generations of kids starting from Genesis 1 to 11, then uh, how do you build a worldview in regard to marriage or to deal with mm. the abortion issue or to deal with the racism issue or to deal with the gender issue? Because you have to start from the right foundation of God's word, which begins in Genesis 1 to 11, to build a Christian worldview. And when you have generations of kids going through a secular education system, have the foundation of man's word, and you try to impose some Christian ideas on top of that or Christian morality on top of that, it, it won't stand. It doesn't have the foundation for it. Mm. And it's why we're continuing to lose those younger generations from the church. And if I, and if I can say this, I'm even concerned about uh, a, a lot of the homeschool movement because one of the things that I see is a lot of these homeschool conferences, there's been pressure because there's more and more secular people wanting to homeschool, and they put pressure on these con conferences to allow all this secular philosophy in and 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 secular speakers in and so on. And so they're imposing a secular worldview on these people. And then at, at a lot of homeschool conferences, when I look at the uh, vendors and look at all their materials, uh, some of them I think I'd throw 90% of the stuff out because uh, there's so much of it that is not from a biblical worldview perspective. And, and even a lot of homeschoolers think that you can Christianize a secular worldview by adding God to it. Um, and, and, you know, many, many uh, Christian schools use secular textbooks and sort of add God to it. But all you're trying to do is, is bring a Christian perspective from the top down. It doesn't work. You've got to build it from the foundation up, starting from God's word and starting in Genesis 1 to 11. Yeah, that's completely right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Ken and I are going to continue this conversation and talk about how you can infuse your children with a worldview starting uh, in the book of Genesis. We'll be right back. All right, ladies, I know what kind of a beating good towels can take. Believe me, with seven kids, towels are used for everything from cleaning up an accidental spill on the kitchen floor to drying off your four-legged buddy. You want your towels to stay soft and absorbent when you need it most for bath time, right? Well, my towels from my pillow are the best towels ever. They come in seven colors, have a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Seriously, it's a game changer. Listeners of the Heidi St. John podcast can get up to 66% off by going to MyPillow.com and using the promo code Heidi or by calling 
So, Ken, before the break, you were talking about the importance of not uh, just trying to bring in a, a secular worldview and then sprinkling scripture into it, but starting with a foundation of God's word from the very beginning, teaching your children to view everything through the lens of God's word. And that is what the problem is. I completely agree with you. I've watched it, and I know you have too now, for at least a decade out on the homeschool circuit where we're seeing more and more uh, what used to be Christian organizations bringing secular ideas and secular speakers and where what the message is, is that it's not that big of a deal. Education can be uh, whatever you want it to be. But according to God's word, if we don't teach our children righteousness, if that's not the foundation, if God's word's not the foundation, they're going to veer off uh, off of the road, off of the narrow path. And a lot of parents don't understand what you mean. When you say a worldview, and I kind of want to unpack this, you do a beautiful job of this explaining it, by the way, at the Creation Museum, but helping parents uh, get wrap, really wrap their arms around what it means to raise their children with a biblical worldview. What do you mean by that? You know, that, that's important. I find that uh, most people don't have that. In fact, I just saw a survey uh, uh, results from an organization that uh, we've worked with for many, many years uh, saying that only 6% of Christian schools teach a biblical worldview. Mm. And we would say their survey is not even strict enough to really determine a true biblical worldview. You know, we, uh, it, it, it's, it's so very important for people to understand this. Uh, I, I, I gave a talk recently when I gave some specific examples because I'm trying to get people to understand. I, I think for a lot of people, and even a lot of parents, you know, uh, you study the Bible from 9 to 10, um, Monday to Friday, and the rest of the time you do math and science. Right. I say, no, no, you've got the wrong understanding. Because if the Bible is really what it claims to be, if it's the Word of God who knows everything, He's given us the key information to have the right foundation to build your way of thinking. See, a worldview is your way of thinking. It's really your religion, uh, because ultimately there's only two religions. You start from God's Word or man's Word, and it's your way of thinking to explain the world. And one of the ways that I help people understand this uh, is is to give some practical examples. You know, for instance. Uh, there are children's books uh, that you will get, and the children's books, you open them up and they'll say things like, um, you know, God made this beautiful world that we live in. Uh, you can see there's a God because look at the beautiful world. Now, wait a minute. It is not a beautiful world. It is an ugly world. It's an ugly world because of sin. There's people dying. That Go to Ukraine right now and say it's mm. a beautiful world. You know, it, it is an ugly world. And he, here's the thing. The atheists are out there saying, Oh, you were taught at church, you were taught at home that God made this world? Well, if God made this world, look at, all, look at all the death and suffering and disease. There can't be a loving God. Now, had we taught our children correctly, starting from the beginning, you see, Genesis 1 to 11, that history in Genesis 1 to 11 is the history in geology, biology, astronomy, anthropology. That's the foundation for your way of thinking in every area, everything. And actually, it's the foundation for the rest of the Bible, and it's the foundation for all doctrine for all your morality. Um, and if you start from Genesis 1 to 11, we know it was a perfect world. Everything was very good. Man sinned. Now God judged with death. That's why Romans 8 says the whole creation is running down. And so what we should be doing as Christians, and, and one of the ways I explain this is use glasses, right? So um, I must be a lot older than you, so I have to wear glasses, okay? <laughs> because things wear out as you get older. Right? But uh, everyone, actually everyone wears a set of glasses. And this is what you've got to think about. The glasses I have on 
uh, it's my way of looking at the world. Has it, do I have a started with God's word or man's word? So that when you start from God's word and you put on your glasses, okay, it was a perfect world, marred by sin, death as a result. It's now a groaning world. So I'm not looking at the world as God made it. I'm looking at the world as suffering from uh, sin, the curse, the judgment of death, uh, and the flood of Noah's day, and the Tower of Babel. All these events of history that God has revealed to us affect the way we view the present world. And so then we look at here and say, this is not the world as God made it. Now, unfortunately, even many Christian books that are sold at homeschool conferences, and, and there are speakers as well that will tell you you can believe in millions of years. If you believe in millions of years, the idea of millions of years came out of atheism, actually, and it's the idea that the fossils were laid down over millions of years before man. So you've had millions of years of death, suffering, and disease, because in the fossil record there's diseases like cancer and so on, and obviously it's full of death. So you had all this going on for millions of years. You can understand why kids are easily led astray when they look at this world and say, wait a minute, there's been millions of years of death and disease and that's what God uses and how can he be a loving God? And then, you know, if someone they know dies, well, then that's because that's what God does rather than understanding our sin did that. So it's so very important that we teach a Christian worldview in every area. How do you deal with racism? You know, you look at the world today. Well, if we got on biblical glasses, wait a minute, all human beings are descendants of Adam and Eve, and then the eight people that got on Noah's Ark, Noah and his family that came off the Ark, went through the event of the Tower of Babel. God gave different languages. There's different people groups. We all go back to Adam and Eve. There's only one biological race. There aren't any different races. Uh, and and so it goes on. I mean, to, to, if you, if you want to teach your kids about gender, how do you do that? Well, if you start from Genesis 1 to 11, God made them male and female. Genesis 1 27, no other option. Uh, and, and then all through Scripture, you read that. In the New Testament, when Jesus was asked about marriage in Matthew 19, Mark 10 as well, he said, haven't you read, he who made the beginning made them male and female? He, he's reiterating the text of Genesis 1.27. So regardless of what the world is saying, you know, the world says, but there's these exceptions and this and that. And so if we as Christians truly understand God's word, we would realize if you start from God's word in Genesis, there's only two genders. Now, science confirms that, XX and XY. XY chromosomes in women uh, and XX, sorry, men, XY chromosomes in men. I got it all mixed up. Uh, and um, I'd, I'd, I'd be a good politician if I did that. Yeah, but, you would uh, be. <laughs> <laughs> XY for the men, the Y chromosome there, in the you know, 23 pairs of chromosomes and the sex chromosome uh, pair that we have. And in women, it's XX. Oh, science confirms two mm -hmm. genders. And then when people say, what about all the exceptions, you know, when you have, um, uh, two X's and a Y and three X's, and there's all sorts of other things too. Yeah, they intersex, sure. That, but they constitute less than 0 0.2 to 0.05%. And these of, are chromosomal abnormalities. I think right. that and, that needs to be, this is not a choice that you make. This is not a third right. lane for genders. This is a chromosomal abnormality, not unlike Down syndrome. And, and the Bible explains it. You mm -hmm. start from Genesis 1 to 11, it's a fallen world because a man's sin. Now there's a judgment of death. Now copying mistakes occur, mutations occur, there's problems uh, in, in their DNA and so on. Um, but that's because of sin, and, and that doesn't negate the created order. And the fact that they only constitute a very small percentage um, tells us that there's something out of the norm here, and it is because we live in a fallen world. 
And as you said, it, it, like Down syndrome and many, many other syndromes that people can have because other chromosomes are affected as well, uh, not just the sex chromosomes. If you, if you want to teach your kids about marriage, how do you teach them about marriage? Well, where's the origin of marriage? It's in Genesis. God made marriage. He created marriage, not Joe Biden or Supreme Court justices, right? God created marriage. And Genesis 2.24, based upon the creation account where God took dust, made a man, took his side, made a woman, uh, the woman came from man, man from dust, and we read in Genesis 2.24, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they'll be one flesh, because they were one flesh, because woman came from man. That's Adam's first recorded words, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She'll be called woman, because she was taken out of man. By the way, there's a definition of a woman, if you would like to tell some of the politicians. Mm. Uh, yeah, Katanji uh, could use that lesson. It'd be good for her. So, exactly. Yeah. So the point is, Genesis 1 to 11 is the foundation for everything. And, you know, I, I think, Heidi, what's happened today, because of the teaching of evolution, millions of years, m- most churches ignore Genesis. Uh, m- many pastors say they don't know what to do with it. They've ignored Genesis 1 to 11, which is why for many people, and I find for many Christians, they're sort of hanging out there saying, oh, we've got to deal with the abortion issue. We've got to deal with the gay marriage issue. We've got to deal with the gender issue. We've got to deal with the race How do we deal with all these problems? Well, the point is they're all the same problem. The problem is people build their thinking on man's word instead of God's word. And if the problem is the same and they're just symptoms of the problem, then the solution is the same. You know what the solution is? The truth of God's word and the gospel and beginning right here in Genesis 1 to 11. But I find a lot of churches today, a lot of people, are more interested in revelation, in eschatology, end times, than they are in, in Genesis. Mm. And you see, even see that in many churches and Christian organizations. They'll have a very general statement about Genesis, God created or something. But in Revelation, there are many churches that say, you have to have this specific view of eschatology be a member of this church. And I'm going to make a statement here. Don't. Don't get me wrong, Revelation's in the Bible. It's an important book. But Revelation is not the foundation for the rest of the Bible. Genesis 1 to 11 is. Revelation is not the foundation for all your doctrine. Genesis 1 to 11 is. Revelation is not the foundation for your morality. Genesis 1 to 11 is. Revelation is not the foundation for your Christian worldview. Genesis 1 to 11 is. And the reason we're losing generations from the church, the reason even so many in the church have a secular worldview is because we gave up Genesis 1 to 11, because that's the foundation for everything. And therein lies a major issue. And, and a lot of the homeschool movement hasn't dealt with that. And a lot, of the, a lot of the materials that are sold out there, they might be Christianized, but they're not truly Christian from a worldview perspective. And that's, that's the difference. You know, a lot of a lot of our Bible curricula, and uh, you know, we're, we're producing and have produced our own Bible curriculum for uh, Sunday school, for churches, and also for homeschool. We have a homeschool edition called Answers Bible Curriculum. It's apologetics. It's biblical authority. It's chronological. It teaches worldview. A lot of the Bible curricula that's used out there in churches, homeschools, Christian schools is what I call shallow, fluff and stuff Bible stories. And what we've got to be teaching is is a worldview based on the Bible. And part of that worldview are your doctrines and understanding the gospel and your morality. And it's everything. Mm. You know, uh, we're, we're out of time. I'm wondering if, if I can bring you back tomorrow and pick this up. Cause I, as you're right, as you're speaking, I'm taking all kinds of notes. I've got a couple more questions. Uh, Ken, would you mind coming back tomorrow? We'll pick this up again for another 20 minutes. 
Okay, sure. You guys, I hope you're enjoying this. And I want to send you to Answers in Genesis so that you can find out what the what the what this important ministry is doing. You know I'm going to be at the Ark Encounter. Ken's going to be there with me, you guys. And it's a little bit like trying to find a, a celebrity uh, in, in Disneyland. And we said this last time. I said... If you if you want to, if your kids are like, we're excited to find Mickey Mouse at Disneyland, it's way more fun to find Mr. Ham at the Ark Encounter. I know because I watch people do it all the time. Ken Ham, my friend, thank you for coming on the show and I'll see you back here tomorrow. 